Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What does Jameis Winston think about the hiring of Bruce Arians as head coach? We've got my exclusive interview with Jameis, and we'll play that for you tonight and examine his thoughts about 2018. You'll want to hear what he has to say about the quarterback shuffling that they did last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, about his Roots going back with Arians in Birmingham, Alabama, and also playing for an offensive coordinator like former NFL quarterback Byron Leftwich. Trust me, you're going to want to hear this tonight. We'll have all of that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products, and, of course, their services. Now, Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of this great offer on brand-new quality train air conditioning units, or you can schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort. Trust Millionaire. Okay, so Steve, you know, we've spent the last week uh, examining, I think, every angle of Bruce Arians' con- complete being from <laughs> from cradle to 67 years old. If you haven't read the Tampa Bay Times, you need to go online and do that now because we've looked at his coaching staff. We've certainly looked at his career and every stop along the way and all the quarterbacks he've had, he's had from Ben Roethlisberger to Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and, of course, Carson Palmer and all those guys. Um, but now, you know who we didn't hear from? We hadn't heard from the man himself, Jameis Winston, which, let's face it, the reason why Bruce Arians is here is to essentially fix, if you will, if that's the correct word, or maybe get going. Or maybe it's just um, getting a second opinion. It could be, or a second opinion, yeah. A, a, a new voice, perhaps, in his in his headset to get Jameis Winston going because Jameis Winston – Uh, has four years now in the NFL. This is his fifth and final year under his rookie contract. Of course, they have a club option that's like 20 point, what, uh, almost $20.1 million. So that's a big investment, both in time and money. And they're not done with him yet. They want him to get this season. And so they turn to Arians, who wrote the book, of course, a quarterback whisperer, how to make an elite NFL quarterback. And that's his job. That's what he's tasked to do here in Tampa Bay. And, and of course, you know, with, with his track record and all the places he's been, um, you got to imagine that that seems like a pretty good fit, right? Um, and not to mention the fact that, you know, for a guy like Winston, it's almost serendipitous because, you know, Winston was growing up in Hueytown, Alabama, which if you know anything about Alabama, there's all these little towns uh, that, that run through the state. In fact, most of them are small towns except for Birmingham and maybe Mobile and uh, a couple places like that. Um, but, you know, he was by the time he was in middle school, uh, going into high school, he was already sort of this athletic phenom. I mean, everybody had heard of him, had heard of Jameis, and, and certainly that was the case 
with Bruce Arians' son who lived there in Birmingham. And so, you know, every year they would put on a youth football camp in that city and players would come from all over the state. And by that time, the legend of Jameis Winston had begun. So you've heard the story about how, you know, Arians ran this football camp. And um, at that time he had, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was a 2008 season. They won in Tampa Bay uh, in that, in that great game over the Arizona Cardinals, ironically enough. And Arians, I think was the offensive coordinator for Ben Roethlisberger in that, in that contest. And so he had his Steelers, he had his Steelers ring and he, and he, and he showed it to Jameis, but they, they, you know, they go back all that far. And so if you're Winston, you think about all the coaches, the Bucks could have hired, right? I mean, there was eight openings and we know that, you know, um, all those jobs are filled now, but they went to all kinds of young offensive coordinator types. Um, you know, Adam Gase got another job with the Jets, his second head coaching job, and just, you know, kind of an eclectic group of uh, people. But the, the common denominator was, for the most part, they were young, and many of these guys had not been head coaches before. Not the case in Tampa. So all of a sudden, here comes out of retirement 67-year-old Bruce Arians, and if you're Jameis Winston, Steve, I got to believe you're thinking, you know, first of all, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like this is a guy I know. Um, we've kept in touch. He followed me at Florida State. Uh, when I would go, when we went out and played him in Arizona, he looked, he made sure to come across the field and talk to me. Like this, and, and, and given his track record, can you imagine what Jameis Winston was thinking when he heard the news? There's not a better fit for Jameis Winston blindly at this point. I mean, you know, it's not to say that you couldn't have brought in Eric Bieniemy or somebody else, and they end up being better. Hindsight, you never know. But but it's a complete guess, right? It's a yeah. guess. But from someone who knows Jameis, someone who appreciates Jameis' ability, someone that is already familiar with him, uh, knowing Jameis is going to have a normal off season and not right. a and not a messed up training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything. You can't ask for a better scenario for Jameis. Now he's got to step up and perform. And that you make that point, and in a minute, when you hear Jameis Winston in my conversation with him that we're going to play, um, he makes that point, and he does it. He does it in a, in a very insightful way. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, you know whether he was imagining that this might be the outcome or hoping it might be the outcome. I mean, Bruce Arians was retired. I mean, there was no outward sign uh, until you know he put something out there about wanting he would coach consider coaching the Cleveland Browns. And later he said he was really just pushing that because he thought Chuck Pagano should get it. Um, you know, there was no outward sign that he, was, that he wasn't done coaching. So um, they could have brought in any number of guys in here, proven or unproven. But there wouldn't have been somebody that, in, that, that already was in such a corner with, with Winston. If you remember, as soon as Arians got the job and he stood up there on the podium, he talked about how long he had known him and, and also that he believed – uh, and this was important to Winston that he believed that, you know, Jameis uh, was a guy that you could win a Super Bowl. He said, you know, you need three ingredients. You've got to have good ownership. He felt like the Glazers had that. And then you've got to have a good, you know, GM coach combination where they work together and get along really well. And he thought that him and Jason Light, having been in Arizona, certainly had that. And he says, and then we got the quarterback. Not you got to have the quarterback, but then we got the quarterback. And the quarterback, of course, is is Winston that he's talking about and you know he made it clear early on that this is our guy you know this this it's his team that's what he said you know this is his team 
So none of this sort of are we going to go back and forth? Are they going to are they going to bring Ryan Fitzpatrick or somebody back to compete with him in his fifth year? Should you then draft a guy five overall um, and and you know groom him to take Jameis's job? I mean, there's not there's not any talk about that. I mean, make no mistake, Bruce Arians is here uh, not to help Ryan Griffin or or whoever comes in here as a backup. He's here for one guy, and it's Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston is his guy, and Arians believes that you declare a starting quarterback, you create competition in the room as the backup, and if you have to use one of those guys, God forbid, um, they're capable of going in there and winning games for you. And he did that, you know, in Arizona, um, you know, in many years where, where Palmer, you know, got hurt towards the end, whether it was Drew Stanton or, you know, whoever he would bring in there, he he expected them to play well and find ways to win, and they and they did. They did win a number of games, of course, in Arizona. So, but this this is about Winston, and and you know, from where from where Jameis had come into where he had ended up, are two different things. I mean, he drafted number one overall. The only debate was whether he was going to start week one, and Lovey Smith ended that suspense as soon as you know the regular training camp began. He was a little cagey about it in OTAs, but he announced that Jameis was his starter in training camp, and that was it. He was their starter all year long. There was never any debate about, you know, whether Mike Glennon or somebody else was going to go in there. And then, you know, right up until the suspension came, he had always been the starter. And it, with the exception of having to be benched for a bad shoulder, um, nobody thought about replacing Jameis Winston, not Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was here, you know, two years ago uh, and had to play when Jameis was hurt. As soon as Jameis was ready to come back, boom, he was in the lineup. Uh, but all that changed last year, and it changed quickly. Uh, and it started in the off season, of course, with the suspension, uh, which he does not run from. The fact that that was, you know, kind of a self-inflicted uh, error. But you know, with the situation, the NFL suspending him for the situation with the Uber driver in Arizona after his rookie year, now he's away from the team. And you know, I think a couple of things, Steve, and you'll hear Jameis talk about this in just a minute. But one of the things that you know, he had said before, it never really resonated with me, was, you know, I didn't get to be around the football team. I mean, when you're suspended in the NFL, you have to be, you can't have contact, you know, minimal at best. But you cannot regularly call players or, you know, you're not supposed to call coaches. You're not supposed to go to the games, that sort of thing. And, you know, they got off to a hot start. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, one player of the week, two weeks in a row. Um, you know, they take down New Orleans and the Eagles, which ironically were playing Sunday against each other to see who went to the NFC Championship game. I mean, there's two teams right there that lost in weeks one and two with Nick Foles, by the way, um, Andrew Brees to the Buccaneers. And there they were playing to see who went to the NFC Championship game against the Rams on Sunday. So how did that feel? So he but he wasn't here when all that, all, you know, the best part of the year was, you know, Ryan putting on the jewelry and all that stuff. And, and I thought, well, so what? You know, you weren't, you weren't going to start. You weren't playing. You were suspended. You know what the so what is? And he talked about this better than I can, so you'll hear it in a minute. The so what is that Jameis Winston, while the team had momentum, you know, at 2-2-0, two, 2-1, two and oh, two and they still had momentum. Guess who didn't? Their quarterback. That, the guy that replaced Ryan Fitzpatrick, he didn't even get to share in the winning he didn't get to feel a part of it because he wasn't even there. You know, he joined a team in mid-progress 
that he had nothing to do with winning those games and what didn't feel a part of it, wasn't around the locker room. And so, you know, I always talk about how, you know, games have momentum and seasons have momentum. The Bucks had a little momentum. They got blasted in Chicago. I mean, that was god awful and eventually got Mike Smith fired, but they still were okay. You know, they were 2 and 1. Um, you know, go to 2 and 2 after the fourth game, but they're starting Jameis in Atlanta. Jameis Winston was starting from zero. He had no running start whatsoever. Whereas the other guys were into it. They were, you know, they had a little swag to him on offense at least. I think that hurt him, Steve. I think the fact that he came in dead, you know what I mean, having thrown to a bunch of dudes out at a practice field, I don't I don't think he felt like he was ready to play. It makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, no, I mean, if you remember going into last season, it was can they just win one game? Can you know, and, and he's hearing Absolutely. it too and, and, and everything, knowing that I'm gonna come back in week four and and try to ramp this thing up. And instead he's coming into he comes back and he's not even the starter week four. No. I mean, they were still starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, it was presumed that after the bye, Jameis was probably going to start. But when everyone thought he was coming back week four, he wasn't even right. started. And, and a lot of the fan base didn't want him, and including his wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, who said Ryan Fitzpatrick should continue to play. Exactly. So that's the dynamic that he faced. You know, it was, it was Fitz magic. Um, everybody was on board with Ryan starting against Chicago, even though they lost – you know, on that Monday night game uh, that they lost to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers where Fitzpatrick threw three three interceptions on three plays but then rallied them, and, and you know, I think they lost like 30 to 27, something like that. Um, but it was, you know, it was still the offense was there. He threw for 400 yards again. Uh, and you're right. When they went to Chicago, they absolutely could. You know, how many teams – like Tom – we've talked about this before. Tom Brady is starting in Chicago, right? Ben Roethlisberger, if he's gone for three weeks – is starting week four. It wouldn't have mattered what Ryan Fitzpatrick or any other quarterback did because, damn it, that's your starting quarterback. Your starting quarterback is your starting quarterback, and you're grateful the other guy went in there and won. But just like the year before when Fitzpatrick went in and beat the Jets and beat the Dolphins and and, you know, and then lost to Atlanta uh, when Jameis had the bad shoulder, as soon as his shoulder was ready, boom, Fitzpatrick was out. And it didn't matter that he had won two games you know, because Winston was your guy. Well, now all of a sudden, Winston realizes, <laughs> I'm not the guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, they're, they're kind of – first, they didn't start me in Chicago. There's that. And then they put me in a garbage time the second half and we get our brains beat out. Uh, and now they're kind of handed the baton to me. But I've not been part of any of the winning. I've only been part of the, the butt kicking we got in Chicago. Haven't been on the field in five weeks, really. Didn't play particularly well in that game in the second half at Chicago. And now I'm going to Atlanta. And the ironic thing is I thought he played really well in Atlanta. You know, he had that – I mean, you can't take away the turnovers, but the one that beat them was the red zone turnover. They hit the guy in the back of the helmet. Ball pops straight up in the air, which is weird. And then they end up intercepting, you know, in the end zone. Mm-hmm. So that that cost him that game. That and the fact that Matt Bryant kicks a 56-yard field goal with a minute left. If he misses, the Bucks need a field goal to win. They're getting the ball on the logo. Um, but somehow Matt Bryant, who pulls a hamstring at the time, kicks a 56-yarder. And so they lose. Well, you're thinking, well, you know, Jameis played pretty well. And then then the wheels started to fall off, right? Um, and eventually it leads to the four-interception game at Cincinnati. But, you know, all that, all that that happened, I mean, <clears throat> as he describes it, and you'll hear in a minute, it was just odd. Everything was odd. You know, everything was off. Well, and it was. It was, was and, and But that was the other part of – 
Jason Light and the Glazers' decision to bring Dirk Cutter back is you brought a lame duck coach back you to did. handle that situation where Dirk's not thinking about the future. Bruce Arians next year, no matter if, if, if Jameis Winston comes out and throws five interceptions the first game, can put Jameis back in the second game, he's not going to be fired. He's not worried about winning week two. That's right. right. Is that you know yep. he can make longer term decisions and what's the best for the team? Dirk Cutter was making and, and look, I'm not blaming Dirk Cutter. No, you know, you're trying to save your job, so you're going to play next year. Be damned! I'm going to play who I think is going to give us the best chance today. Right, and and that's sort of what you would expect a guy like Dirk Cutter to do because he he has mm-hmm. to win. The team wants to win, but. Yeah, he's he's you know like the year before Dirk Cutter's coach and after the nine and seven season, hell they're playing Jameis Winston who can't move he can't make certain throws he's turning down throws his shoulder he didn't practice the first week when they went to Buffalo after that mm-hmm. shoulder injury in Arizona, mm-hmm. ironically against Bruce Arians he didn't even practice till Friday this guy didn't pick up a football he didn't practice till Friday went up to Buffalo had a horrible first half lit it up in the second half should have won the damn game they wind up losing. And they didn't hesitate at all to put him back in the lineup mm-hmm. the next week, and and then a week after that until he got until it was so bad that then they he couldn't lift his arm. They had to finally pull him and put Fitzpatrick back in. But Fitzpatrick was two and one, and they let the guy not practice all week and mm-hmm. still were determined to play him. So what changed? I'll tell you what changed. Dirk Cutter was on his last year and had to win every game. That's the only thing that changed. Yeah, so, yeah maybe one of the things Jameis talks about with Bruce Arians is there's a quarterback who's got his back now. And that's, and that's right. what, you know, Bruce Arians has come out. He's our quarterback. He's he's our starter. It starts with him, period. It's his team. It's that, his team. You know, yeah. that's ultimately what players want from a coach is someone that makes them better and has their back. Mm-hmm. That's what they want out of coaches. You know, they want be, right. hold me accountable, make me better, and have my back. That's right. When you talk about players running through a wall for a coach or whatever else, it's it, those are the reasons they do. And and it, this isn't this isn't blame Dirk Cutter because that was the position the team left him in. It was courageous to right. bring him back the final year of his contract. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the final year of his contract. Maybe he had one. He might no. No, he had, he one, had more one more year. Yeah, one more year. But it was pretty obvious that it was win or go home. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a decision just to bring him back. I mean, that, he didn't mm-hmm. even sure that. Yeah, no, all that all that is true, and said, and so when Arians comes out and says what he says in the first press conference, I mean, that's music to Winston's ears. I mean, he's thinking, hey, you know what's important about that statement? All the players know it too. The whole team just mm-hmm. heard that. Well, it's music to a lot. Of, it's music to all the players' ears, right? Because in, inevitably, like you can handle these things with two quarterbacks as long as the team knows who you're committed to. But as soon as you create doubt, as soon as you say, We're, I'm not really sure, we're going to go back and forth, now the players start choosing sides. And not all of them. I mean, some of them are, you know, hey, I'll play whoever's put out there. I'm good with Ryan. I'm good with Jameis. But you don't think Deshaun Jackson had a favorite? He came out and told you who it was. And the, and the stats would prove it. 71% completions with Ryan Fitzpatrick, 36 point whatever with, uh, you know, with Jameis Winston with one touchdown and three picks. He was not bashful about it, and so you start to you start to sow little divisions in your locker room, uh, and it's just human nature. About you know everybody has an opinion who should be who shouldn't be playing. You don't want that if you can avoid it. Like you want to have one guy, and their one guy is Jameis Winston. Now it's easy for Arians to say because quite frankly that's how he got the job. 
You had to take on the quarterback, and you had to take on the general manager, and he's good with both. But I think what you're going to see from Winston, and this could be for better or worse, people, I think he'll manage it better than he did as a, as a young you know, 21-year-old who was eating W's. But what you're going to see from Winston, and you're going to hear him talk about it, is he's going back to the swag. He's going back to the guy who is confident. Uh, that's what Bruce Arians is going to bring, is going to instill in him. He's going to give him a system where he can, you know, if he's on it and he, and the, he can see the field, there's going to be opportunities for him to make plays down the field. They're going to get a lot of guys out. He will get hit if he doesn't get rid of the ball, but, you know, the hell with it. I mean, they're going to they're going to throw it down the field, and I think he's going to create a lot of confidence for Jameis Winston, which is absolutely what he feels he needs right now, and he can't wait to get started because the team now knows this is Jameis's team. This is his team. You know, we're going to surround him. We're building this thing around him, as Bruce Arian said. So if you're Winston, man, that's all you want. You just want, you know, the, the, the best shake you can. Because, you, you know, as Arians has said, I don't think those two guys looking over their shoulder was good for either one of them. You go out there, you know you have a bad game. You know they got somebody else to go to. Uh, and, you know, Fitzpatrick can talk the good game about being the loyal backup and all that. Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play this long without wanting to play and without being good when he got his opportunity. He was always looking for his opportunity. That's the big misnomer about Fitzpatrick. You know, yeah, he's a team guy and all that, but he wasn't content not playing football, and so he was going to take advantage of every opportunity, and he tried to do that. But in that sort of way, you you, you know, it's the old adage, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. Well, now they got one, and it's Jameis Winston. So – um, from his perspective, and, and you know, he talked about having a guy like Byron Leftwich as an offensive coordinator, a player who has played before, who knows sort of what you're seeing, and you can describe it to him. Uh, I think that's going to be valuable to him. Uh, and and the fact that he agrees with Arians that this team, in his opinion, you know, has enough pieces to start winning again. Um, but to your point, Steve, like you said, you can, and Bruce Arians said it too. He goes, "I got no speeches that'll help you win." You know, it's really going to be up to the players. It's still a player's game. The players have to play. The coaches have to coach. And and that's going to be the big thing about Jameis, like how well can they get this quarterback to play. So that's a lot there to, to digest, but I wanted you guys to kind of get a feel for some. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the issues um, that you're going to hear Winston talk about uh, in this interview, it's the first time he's talked about the hiring of Bruce Arians. To, to my knowledge, the first time he's reflected on the 2018 season, and he does that on many different levels, from the back and forth of the quarterbacks to his suspension and all of that. So without further ado, here's the interview we had, or I had, on, uh, I guess it was Monday, with Jameis Winston. Hey, Rich. Hey, Jameis. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year and happy belated birthday. You're 25. How about that, huh? Thank you, Rich. 
Hey, uh, let me get right to it. First of all, just just your reaction to uh, when you heard the Bucks were hiring Bruce Aarons, and how did how did you hear about it? Uh, on on the news, um, I was very excited. Uh, it's, it's funny how things uh, come around full circle. I mean, this is the man that uh, introduced me to the Super Bowl ring, so uh, definitely definitely want to get one with him. Have you had a chance to uh, what? I know you guys probably talked at least on the phone. Have you had a chance to talk to him uh, since he's been named coach? And just what was what was the first thing he said to you? <laughs> What's up? You know, it's like, I mean, we knew each other before, so. Yeah. Um, we just were excited to see each other, and I, I welcomed him and uh, chatted with him uh, briefly. Uh, I couldn't talk for too long, but he had a lot of, a lot of obligations to do the facility. So you were over there at one buck? What do you, uh, you know, you've talked about this before in Birmingham, but, like, what do you remember about that camp? How old were you? Uh, I, was, I was 14 or 15 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, the biggest thing that I remember is uh, competing. Uh, we had, like, a little uh, 7-on-7 uh, tournament. And I, and, I, and I saw him from a distance, you know. I, I don't really know people's, uh, I didn't know his face that well, but sure. I knew Bruce Adams was there. So just competing, you know, I was like, I get a chance to compete against an NFL coach, and uh, just out there at the camp, uh, it was just, it was just fun, man. And it's so it's just neat that uh, that he's my coach now. Like it's really kind of like a surreal moment. How things are really came back through, and you know, his granddaughter uh, went to to Brian High School, so yeah, like, it's, it's it's crazy. There is this sort of mythology about it, and it is surreal that. Uh, and, and he was wearing the ring the other day, so the, it was the Steelers ring. You yeah. re- you remember? Yeah. And and how did that strike you? How did that impress you at that age? Well, I mean, it was a Super Bowl ring. That's something that when you play football, that's something that you grow up uh, wanting. You know, even even though I won the Trophy, like playing NCAA, you know, then. People have their speech and winning a house trophy is something that you dream of doing when you play college football. Yeah. Here in the NFL, you dream of winning a Super Bowl. And I got a chance to, you know, put on his Super Bowl ring, uh, you know, as a teenager. So that definitely, you know, catapulted my dream into becoming an NFL quarterback and hopefully winning a Super Bowl one day. That's pretty neat. He said when we first talked to him that in his first team meeting, um, he believes in one starting quarterback. That is you. And he's going to say, "This is Jameis's team." Um, you know this already about Bruce, but what, what does that what does that mean to you to to have him? Um, you know, such a, a not just a fan of yours, but uh, a big believer in your ability. Um, it, it means it means a lot to me, man. And, and that's just how he is. Yeah, um, he stands behind his players. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm and I'm happy that uh, our team gets to see that side of him. Yeah, and. Uh, now he's had you know Ben and Peyton and Andrew Luck and Palmer. Have you had any conversations? I know you've competed against those guys. Have you ever talked to him about Bruce? No, I, I, I haven't. I haven't talked to him uh-huh. uh, about playing Bruce. What does it say that he's been around those guys? I mean, it's, it's a testament to, to who he is as a football coach. Um, he's been around arguably the, the best quarterback to play the game. Everyone, everywhere he's been. He's, uh, he's, you know, took them to to playoffs and to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it just shows the, uh, you know, the accolade that he's bringing to the table already. Sure. And uh, and who he's worked with, and you know, he, he 
he's been in the game for a long time, man. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm happy to get the chance to work with him. What do you know about the off the kind of offense he runs? I mean, he seems to be a uh, attack down the field guy, right? Yeah, well, just I mean, his his years in Arizona, you know, Carson Palmer had some of his best years in his career, and uh, and that was that was really good. So I can't wait to to watch that and and uh, and see how I can find my my uh, comfort zone into this offense. And, but from what I know of, it's really similar to. Um, should be a nice a nice fit with uh, with what you're with what you're able to do. His his quarterbacks. I mean, he he gets guys out. I mean, he likes the five eligible. He's not going to do a lot of chipping. I guess from a quarterback standpoint, that's good. You got to get the ball out of your hand, right? Because you he could get you hit back there a little bit, right? Oh yeah. I mean that's that's really it's some it's some plays a lot of plays that we had on the dirt system that we had to do that a yeah. lot, and I. I, I take all those responsibilities of being able to uh, get us in the right protections, and I think that's all part of the job. So that's, I mean, that's what we do for a living. Have you met Byron Leftwich at all? Do you know anything about him? He's going to be your offensive coordinator. Yeah, I met I met, I met Byron, Byron Leftwich uh, actually uh, a couple years ago when he was um, around town. I, I forget what, what, why he was in Tampa, but. Uh, I, I, met him, I met him a couple years ago, and I, I've seen him around the uh, college football circuit right. uh, a few times. So uh, it's going to be fun to work with him, him too, man. It's going to be great for all these guys to get in here. I'm just ready to play football, man. It's something that you know, it's kind of dead fear right now. Is it neat having a guy that's that's uh, been a, a, an NFL quarterback um, that you know you can relate to in some, some respects? I mean, that's got to be an advantage for him, right? I think... Well, you got a guy in that room that's played, you know, somewhat of some 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 level of quarterback, sure. a high level of quarterback. Sure. On any level, it, it helps it helps the, the quarterback, especially from a relationship standpoint, because that guy understands what we're going through uh, on a play to play basis, mm-hmm. and uh, he they probably can see you know see what we're seeing and get a better feel. Uh, Yeah, it's 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 certainly an advantage. I would think uh, I would think for him now. All all three coordinators, and this says something about Bruce. I would think, but all three guys, Todd Bowles, he got great coaches. I mean, this is going to be a really good staff with Todd Bowles, uh, with Byron, his special teams coordinator is Keith Armstrong from the Falcons. So first and foremost, they're all good coaches. But on top of that, in a league now that is lacking diversity at head coach, I mean, what does it say about Arians as a person that that his staff would would be you know made up with three minority coordinators on the same staff. Well, I, I think I think from, from that perspective, I mean, the majority of this league is minority. That's right. You know, so it, it, it's good. It's good from a, you know, a, I guess a, a relatability standpoint, but these, these, these men are professionals at their job. So yeah. Despite, you know, them being a minority or, or you know, being anything else, I mean, they're professionals at their job, and, and their main goal is to come in there and win. It, it don't really matter their, their color. This is a good staff he's he's putting together. Now, every every year, you know, when you uh, when you get in the off season, you've always done something a little different. I mean, you've gone from you know changing your body to diet to working on your movement. You got any plans yet this off season? Uh, yeah, just really now, just getting healthy and 
getting activated to uh, when we could when we could find out and discover into this new offense. Uh, I, I think the past two years I did a good job of finishing the season. Now uh, over, over my past four years, I think I've done a, a good job in the off season of uh, adding things that I need to add to help my game and eliminating things that uh, I probably didn't need to do during the season. So uh, I think I got a pretty good feel. Jameis, you you finished strong again this year. I mean, that's that's been a, a constant. But I mean, w- have you had a chance to reflect at all on on last season? Do you have any takeaways from just what you gained from it? Yeah, Rick. I, I mean, I just I really just had to get back to playing playing Jameis with the football, man. You know, uh, that season was it was a very odd season, Rick. Uh, opposed to you know, I really wish I could have been in the locker room those first three three weeks, man, with the team. Because we started off so fast, and you know, we missed those opportunities to be in the locker room with your family and experience that, you know, that momentum that we had. Uh, it, it's, it's a loss. Uh, it's really a loss. So that kind of made the year very odd. Uh, the back and forth with the quarterback situation made the year even odder. Get uh, bent. You know, it was an odd year. But the good thing about that is it's over. I can I can build off that and uh, head into this new year uh, with a fresh start and uh, and definitely hopes with with better results this season. I mean, I think Arians has a lot of people excited. Have you? Uh, I would think your teammates are pretty pumped up about it too. I mean, he just comes in with such such credibility, right? For a guy that's coached for Bear Bryant and and you know just all the places he's been, right? Right. You know, uh, just. Like, like his, I mean, his resume speaks for itself. Dog, the bottom line is, you know, he's gonna come in here and he's gonna, gonna be a great head coach for us. He's gonna be a great leader for us. But at the end of the day, we still have to do our job as well. Just like myself, uh, we're excited to have Coach Coach Da, and we know he's gonna bring a lot of good things to the team along with his coaching staff. But uh, as as the players, we still gotta go out there. And, and go out there and play for him and, and play out there football. It, that's all very true, and, and it's about you guys and how you play. He thinks this is a reload, not a rebuild. He sees talent on this team. You've been in the NFL. You've seen teams, your own team, turn around. Does it feel like to you that this team, that this is not starting from scratch, right? you got you got pieces here that can win, right? Yeah, we definitely got pieces to win. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you saw that when the, the two teams that we beat were playing in. Uh, playoffs. That's right. Last night, we, de- we, de- we definitely got the pieces uh, to win here, and we will win. So, so you get Arians, and you're you're uh, you're getting ready to go. I'm wondering this this being sort of your last year. I mean, how do you approach this with with it under Connor? Are you just completely? Uh, I know how you work, James. You're just totally focused on what's in front of you. Is that how you is that how you go about it? Absolutely, every single day. Every single day, I'm taking it day by day. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, is who I am, what I do on that field and off the field, and I'm going to be the best person I possibly can be. All right. Well, listen, Jameis, we wish you best of luck. Thanks for your uh, for giving me this, and uh, good luck to you. Have a good offseason. We'll see you down the road, okay? All right. Thanks, Rick. So interesting comments. I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with Jameis Winston. I, I thought, uh, again, the highlights, uh, for me at least, was – you know, sort of you can hear his enthusiasm for Bruce Arians, the credibility that he has because of what he's accomplished with those other quarterbacks, which he said, you know, 
his resume speaks for itself. And then also him talking about 2018. I mean, you know, again, very reflective about how odd the year was, the suspension, how he didn't feel a part of it. He didn't get to enjoy the momentum, you know, and then that led to the back and forth between quarterbacks, which was, you know, even more odd for him. So looking to put obviously that behind him, learn from it, grow from it, uh, and see if he can't push this thing forward with, uh, with Bruce Arians. And as he pointed out, you know, Arians can do, you know, wonders for a lot of teams and, and has been successful um, but ultimately, it's going to be up to the players because it's a player's game, and they're going to have to push it forward. And you know, with Bruce's help, and uh, he thinks they're going to win. And you know, we'll we'll see what happens from here on out. But I thought it was uh, good of Jameis uh, to give me a call and uh, and talk about Bruce uh, for the first time. And you know, it's going to be interesting to see those two work together because again, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to pump confidence back into Winston that some of that he lost last year. You could see. You know, there's a difference between being careful with the football and playing the game the way you're supposed to play it and protecting the ball and being cerebral. But, but you know, the great thing about Jameis was just his, his, you know, just his unbridled desire and his fire for the game and the confidence that he played with. You know, you could – other teams – or their other teammates fed off of that. So I think they could use a little bit more of that if he can rein it in. As, as Arians has said, I can deal with one interception. I can't deal with three. So that's going to be the big the big task for uh, for Arians and for um, you know all their offensive coordinators and Clyde Christensen, the quarterbacks coach. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning are uh, at Dallas. That game's at eight thirty tonight. They'll try to uh, rebound from what was not their best game, Steve. I think they were you know due for a clunker there. Well, they definitely you know what giving up three goals in the first five minutes without registering a shot themselves. Um, you know, I thought they right. played better as the game went on. They did. Um, you know, they kind of they're really getting off to slow starts lately. And, and until, you know, Sunday, they'd been able to overcome many of those. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have those games in a season. It's still only their ninth regulation loss this year, which is crazy. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> it's almost to the All-Star break. You don't have 10 losses. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it really is. So they're at Dallas. One of only two times left for the season, they leave the Eastern time zone. They'll go to St. Louis wow. in March. Um, the rest of the... Rest of the season will be against all Eastern Conference foes, or at least, or Western Conference foes at your zone. building. At your building, so. yeah. They made all their West Coast trips, so that's yes. that's good for the Lightning, staying close by uh, to home. So we'll see if they can bounce back. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays were a little active, getting Avisel Garcia from the Chicago White Sox for three and a half million dollars. Steve, this is the perfect Rays reclamation guy, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's always been one with a high ceiling and a lot of promise and has never really fully developed into that. He had a pretty good 2017 season, not a good 2018 season. So um, the White Sox non-tendered him. Uh, he did have off-season surgery on his right knee. So, um, you know, yeah, this is the perfect reclamation project of a lot of potential. Let's bring him in, see what we can do with him. And the price is, you know, pretty reasonable, $3.5 million. And there's right. there, there's some incentives. He could make up to $6 million with incentives, so. Looking for a power bat. If he gets it back, then, um, you know, he'll hit his 25 bombs and go someplace else for $12 million after this year. But uh, that's what the Rays do, so it's a good pickup for them. You made a good point before the podcast, Steve. All of a sudden, there's a basketball team in college basketball that's not too far away from here. You know, USF, kudos to Brian Gregory and the job he's done. And and last year, Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a really rough season. But you could see throughout the year they got better. I mean, you could really see the coaching job he did last season. 
Right. And he didn't. Really, he just didn't have enough players. And this year, he's brought in a lot more guys, a lot more players, and they're twelve and four. They're two and two in the conference. You know, they're not. They're not going to win the conference, the American Athletic, or anything like that. But they're a fun team to watch. They're competitive. Saturday, they they lost in overtime at Temple. Oh, they could it was hit. Free, they hit free throws. They win that game. I think they shot it under fifty percent for the game. Yeah. And, and and that's part of you know a younger team and, and that's growing and I believe everyone from the team is back next year assuming someone doesn't transfer or whatever. Brian Gregory's done a really nice job and now his second season at USF and you know bringing that program back because it's it was it's been at a pretty low point for the last few years. Yeah, I mean if you if you like college basketball, you got a chance to go out and see him. You probably should. I think people will. Uh... Will enjoy watching them play. They play a good style as well, and they're competitive and that, that in all these games too. Even the ones they're losing, they're competitive in. They're not getting blown yeah. out like they have the past few seasons. So no, they're they're legit. They can play in that conference. They should have mm-hmm. beaten Temple, and I, you know, they could probably beat almost anybody. So uh, good for him, and good yeah. for USF to uh, to get that. They're going. at Cincinnati tonight, so they they're back on the hardwood tonight on the road. So that'll be tough. That's a tough place to win. Cincinnati's pretty good. Um, they've struggled the last few games on the road. Uh, that's my alma mater, so I kind of know a little bit about them. But and that's what young young teams tend to do. That, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if USF can keep that going. That's pretty cool. And and finally, congratulations to Mark Tompkin. I think he's won this Who? award before, but if, yeah, Mark I haven't seen Tompkin, him write anything in like you know a month. Yeah, well, he's on vacation, but he is. <laughs> Uh, been awarded the Florida Sports Writer of the Year Award, which really should be the Florida Sports Writer of the Year with the exception of December and January Award. Um, so it's really the Florida Sports Writer of the 10 months of the year. You know, as they, as Jim Rome says, I take a lot of vacation because I get a lot of vacation. Hey. But he's away, and nonetheless, we had a little chat on the, uh, the text messages. Of course, I told him that my 36-year streak is still intact. I am uh, not been nominated or as I say have you been nominated for this award at least I don't don't even know that I've been nominated and let alone know how to win one I I really have no idea maybe maybe you got to pay your association dues I don't know I don't even know who the group is that gives this out but it certainly is uh is worthy because they do it in all 50 states and uh when you think about the whole state of Florida let alone the Tampa Bay Times you know I mean just the tremendous talent that we possess is second to none of course but Mark managed to uh, to beat me again, and so um, well. If you can't, if you can't a... win Sports Writer of the Year, maybe you'll win Podcaster of the Year. <laughs> My own Podcaster of the Year awards, the Stroudies. Is that what we're going to call it? Well, we have we have all the celebrity, uh, you know, presenters. Presenters. That's right. <laughs> what kind of podcast is it? Podcast the word, man. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, we could do that. We could definitely have those. I'm going to need something, man. My ego's taking taking a dive here. There used to be an old soap star. Remember the joke, like her name, uh, what was it, Susan Lucci, mm-hmm. I think it was? Yes. Way back in the day. Those those of you old enough to watch Nominated for like 20-plus <laughs> years and had never won. She never won. And then they ruined it. They gave her a yeah. daytime Emmy. It was like, ah, that's it. Look, it's, it's the same thing as Pete Rose going in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, Pete Rose makes more money not being in the Hall of Fame. Because as soon as he Absolutely. goes in, his autograph is worth nothing. And his whole job is a professional autographer. Yes, that's true. Is there anyone who doesn't have a Pete Rose autograph? I'm pretty sure I have one someplace. Is there anyone that doesn't have has, has less than three? Has he signed <laughs> enough to for every, everyone in America to have at least three of them? 
But see that see this is what I don't get like that that lowers its value. So how then is he getting paid to do autographs on everything when when everyone legitimately owns one already and and so therefore it would you would think that it would devalue it to the point where no one wants it. But when you're the bad boy, yeah, I, mean, I that's, guess that's one that's day why he sets up you know down the street from Cooperstown during Hall of Fame weekend to sign autographs and has bigger lines than the Hall of Famers. Yeah, I understand. You know, Joe Montana signs uh, stuff, but he's very he's very discretionary about it. Like he he keeps you know keeps track of just not well, not doing too. He doesn't much. have all those gambling Usually. debts. No, that's true too. But but he gets paid to do it and paid well because that mm-hmm. that way the autograph has more value if there's fewer of them. Yep. You know, so if you you know not that you can't find a Joe Montana autograph, but I'm just saying, I might have one around the house here somewhere. I think I do. Anyway, Susan, yeah, yeah I don't know how we got on this topic, but. <laughs> I'm I'm the dude who doesn't win Sports Writer of the Year, and I did I did congratulate Mark, and I've given him enough love, so let's not do that anymore. Hey, uh, if you got any air conditioning problems, folks, and and who doesn't this time of year? I actually had, I think I had one go out on me the other day. But anyway, uh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call Howard and Sue Million. For 30 years, they've been uh, bringing the cool comfort of air conditioning to the Tampa Bay area. So if you have any trouble at all, uh, they've got great uh, brand new train air conditioning products. You can schedule a service or maintenance. All you got to do is call today, 727-862-2100. Trust the masters of comfort. Trust Millionaire. So I hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, Jameis Winston. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.